Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 23rd of May. Coming up, former detective says road rage killer shouldn't be released from prison. He's a career criminal. He left Stephen Cameron to die in the gutter on the M25. 23 years ago this week and uh, then went on the run. Education bosses still looking at how to support more disadvantaged children at grammar schools. I think this is much more about what we would all see as a shared challenge and I think many grammar schools are very willing to step up to that plate. And Charity opens new warehouse to feed more families. The aim of what we do at Fair Share is to redistribute this this good quality surplus food that's in day. You know, if we don't do that then it's destined to be part of Kent Online News. The detective superintendent who led the investigation into road rage killer Kenneth Noy says a mistake has been made in allowing him to go free. The 71-year-old stabbed Stephen Cameron to death on the M25 slip road at Swanley in 1996 and was jailed for life four years later. A parole board panel have now said he's suitable for return to the community. Nick Biddis has told Nicola he should remain behind bars. The fact that about two years ago, he was put into open conditions. That the decision by the parole board is probably an inevitability. So um, I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed that anybody of his ilk should ever be let out. But uh, we have a system. We have a system whereby the parole board have to uh, manage risk. And uh, unfortunately, it means the likes of Kenneth and I will come out. But let's not forget, he's a career criminal. He left Stephen Cameron to die in the gutter on the M25. 23 years ago this week, as it happened, and uh, then went on the run. Um, was out in Spain, cynically claimed he had nothing to do with it until he came back, then tried to claim it was uh, self-defence, which obviously had no impact at all on the jury because he was found guilty. Obviously, um, he would have been a model prisoner. He would have gone on all the necessary courses and would have been able to convince the parole board that uh, he was safe to be released. I don't believe he is. And uh, let's not forget he did disappear. And what's to say he can't do that again? Can you just remind us how difficult an investigation it was at the time? Because, as you say, he, he left the country, didn't he? Certainly he left the scene. Uh, certainly within hours, he'd uh, almost been spirited away out of the country. And it wasn't until uh, two years later we were able to locate him and eventually get him arrested in Spain. Um, and let's not forget the main witness in this case, Daniel Cable, is, I believe, still in witness protection. Uh, and uh, because of the danger that uh, it was considered she faced as a result of the sort of people that Kenneth Noy has contacts with. So uh, she still is. What sort of life is that? And also, of course, the family of Stephen. And I know Tony, his mother's died, unfortunately, a few years ago. But there's Ken, the dad. Um, he's, he's had to live with this of course, the last 23 years. So the impact it has on victims, on families, um, the, I, I don't think Kenneth Noy's got any regard for that at all and never will have. Um, somebody like um, Kenneth Noy, having spent so much time behind bars, yes, he's been in open conditions for a couple of years, but what is it going to be like when he comes out, though, because he's such a notorious person? I mean, somebody who gets convicted of murder and it must be the mandatory sentence is life imprisonment, that seems to be a little bit of a joke now, um, but uh, he will be on a life license, so he will be monitored. He will be monitored, hopefully, very closely. Uh, and clearly, of course, his life will be uh, regulated by certain rules and conditions that he will have to abide by. 
Um, it's difficult, really. Uh, as I say, he disappeared after the, the murder. What's the stop him doing that again? And then no one's got control over him. But uh, obviously the parole board have uh, got to take and manage risk. And uh, that's what they've done. I don't necessarily agree with the system. Uh, in fact, I don't agree with the system. But uh, bottom line is uh, we have to live with it. But let's not forget the impact that these people have on normal families. You know, every everyday normal living, people who are law-abiding, and these people come along and just wipe wipe families out. And it's not fair. Not fair that they should have to suffer like this. Does age play a part when a parole board is making a decision? Do they get to the point where they think, well, he's coming up for 72, perhaps he's not going to be a risk at that age? Uh, you have to ask the parole board that, uh, what, their, what their criteria is. I mean, you, you can read on their website what the parole board actually have to consider. I would think age is probably part of it, yes. But uh, um, 70, 71, 72, he's still capable of committing crime. You only have to look at what's currently on the television with the uh, with the uh, Hatton Garden job, and uh, most of them were in their seventies and, and not very well, but uh, they managed to commit serious crime. And these people are serious criminals. You know, they don't give a damn about you and I. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a Folkestone man's back in jail after breaking a sexual harm prevention order by trying to meet up with boys. Alec Rivers was released from prison in 2011 after being convicted of sexually assaulting an under-18. The 49-year-old from Furs Lane was banned from having any contact with children, but a court's heard he tried to lure them away by promising to take them to football games. He's now been jailed for four years. A teenager in a serious condition in hospital after crashing into a chalk bank on Bluebell Hill near Maidstone. The 19-year-old, who's from the town, was flown to a London hospital after it happened on the slip road for Aylesford off the A229 on Tuesday. Crash investigators are now keen to hear from any drivers with dashcam footage from the time. A drug addict who attacked four people, including an 89-year-old man in Strood, has been jailed for 16 months. The 31-year-old man also targeted a couple in their 60s and a female security officer in Commercial Road and the High Street in March while drunk and high on amphetamine. Education bosses in Kent say they haven't given up on the idea of providing more free transport to grammar schools for disadvantaged children. A committee's recommended they extend their support, which is already offered to pupils who get free school meals. A consultation on the plans was scrapped last year, but we're told bosses are looking at two options that could lead to more help being offered with transport. Roger Goff's in charge of education at the county council. Overall, it's worth saying, of course, we already uh, ensure that there are uh, there is transport support for uh, children on free school meals, uh, for children in care, in terms of going to grammar school. And what the um, uh, that's been the case for quite some time. Uh, what the uh, committee recommendations were about was ways in which that could be extended. Uh, and in particular, there were a couple of recommendations, I think there were recommendation 12 and 13, which were looking at ways in which that could be extended. Uh, really two slightly different ways of doing uh, that, that, that uh, achieving that objective. So one was to raise the income level uh, or, or to give that concession uh, to anyone with an income level of 21,000 uh, or below, uh, which clearly takes you somewhat above the free school meal level. Uh, and alternatively, the suggestion was that instead of being free school meals, it should actually be the entire 
pupil premium uh, group of, uh, of, of children. Now, the first of those certainly has hit some difficulties because we did investigate this thoroughly. We set aside money to see how it could be supported. Um, there are difficulties in terms of assessing income uh, in having reliable, uh, re reliable uh, assessments of it, uh, reliable and timely ones. Uh, government clearly has access to a great number of sources of information, which is how, um, when those are coordinated, you uh, uh, provide support for children on free school meals, for example. Uh, we would have had to try to do that ourselves. It would have been both difficult and potentially would still have fallen short. I understand, too, that there were some complexities related to the introduction of universal credit that would have made it harder. So that's, that's one that we've been, we're still trying to look at, see if there is a way we can get through it, but at the moment that's looking quite difficult. The other recommendation uh, of looking to pupil premium, uh, I think probably has some more potential. Um, so at the time when we looked at both of these, we, um, recognising the difficulties around the first of them, uh, took a pause to see what else we could do to uh, find a way forward. And in particular, I think we do need, on the pupil premium side, uh, and we're looking to do this, some quite detailed information as to uh, whether this will give us uh, the objective. So if you support uh, children on pupil premium, uh, and clearly the main difference from that, from what we already do, would be what's called ever six. So if you've been on free school meals over the last six years, um, does that capture those groups who once used to be known as the just about managings? Uh, so people who perhaps have been on a lower income at one point, but maybe aren't now, but perhaps have fluctuations in their income. Uh, does that capture it quite accurately? Uh, we think it might, but we think there's a bit more work to be done. But we are pushing ahead on that quite actively. Uh, and that may prove to be the uh, the one that has perhaps more potential. Kent Online News. Police are hunting a burglar who threatened neighbours with a knife after breaking into a property in Swanley. Jewellery was stolen from an address on Phillip Avenue on Monday morning and the suspect ran off when he was challenged. Officers have released a CCTV image of a man they want to speak to. Thousands of pounds has been raised to help replace carting cars and equipment that have been stolen from Sittingbourne. Police are investigating after the van they were in was taken from outside the owner of Ambition Motorsports home on Northwood Drive last Wednesday night. It could cost up to £30,000 to replace it all. A new warehouse has opened aiming to provide those at risk of going hungry with thousands more meals. Fair Share Kent, which redistributes quality surplus food to charities, is set up at the Ashford Business Park. The site will allow them to store more produce like meat and dairy and fruit from supermarkets and the food industry. Last year, the charity supported 15,000 people each week in the county. Ian Townsend Blazier is their business development manager and told Ish about their plans to expand their work. We're hoping to increase our charities by at least 56 new local charities across Kent. Um, this will help us sort of like increase um, to about an extra 6,000 people each week who will receive this food. Um, which is equivalent to about 480,000 meals. So it's going to be a big benefit to, to many individuals across Kent. How do people access that food? And, and who is 
the type of people that you are supporting with working with these charities? Yeah, so we support many charities from um, school breakfast clubs, uh, women's refuges, hospices, elderly lunch clubs. Um, people generally find out about us either through going through our fair share website and inquiring to become a member to the scheme. Um, other people will give us a phone call at the, our depot or drop us an email. Um, well, we were then arranged to meet them and discuss how Fair Share might be able to benefit their organisation. We don't work directly with the individual as such. We mainly support the charities, but we, we would know that the people that we would support would be the elderly, there'll be young children, there'll be families potentially on low incomes, there'll be support for, for, for community access. So we support a few community cafes and things like that that do social value. So what was the idea behind setting up another warehouse? Was there a clear increase in demand? Yeah, I mean, I mean what, the aim of what we do at Fair Share is to redistribute this, this good quality surplus food that's in day. You know, if we don't do that, then it, it, it's destined to be part of waste. So in us being able to have this larger warehouse, we've got a, a double the capacity of the amount of food that we can take. Um, last year was 314 tonnes is what we received so what we'll be able to do is then expand on that to, to enable more charities to benefit out there. I imagine I mean that's a significant step for you I mean how, how important is it that you're able to continue expanding and reaching out to more families young children elderly who, who rely on these meals? Yeah it's very important um, you know if we've got a resource that's enabled another organisation with charity values to save on their cost to reinvest back into their community services we feel through you know saving that cost on catering is a win-win all round so we're always looking for more charities you know we believe we have the extra food to, to, to support an extra 56 charities locally but we're always looking for more charities you know we want to keep pushing as many charities that if they can benefit from our scheme you know we would take on 70 charities if, if we have the ability to do so so we're always looking to grow and develop the service to fit the, the local need. And will you be able to get working straight away? Yes, through, through the ASDA funding it's, it's enabled us to, to get the launch going. So we'll have the larger premises, we've got double the space of Chillis that we had previously, we've got extra freezer that we never had before so we'll be able to take more different types of food that will offer many benefits to the local charities and community groups we currently serve. Kent Online reports. A charity is calling for more of us to support work aiming to improve the lives of people with dementia. As part of Dementia Action Week, the Kent Community Foundation have been telling us about a number of projects they're funding in the county. They provide grants to around 25 programmes each year, helping up to 800 people, many with advanced dementia. Natalie Smith is the their director of grants and impact. They say um, about 25 to 30% of people um, over the age of um, 65 will be affected in some way. So uh, it's an awful lot of people. And as you know, we've got um, an aging population around the country, not just in Kent. So it's it's more and more of, of an issue. Absolutely. So you've been funding various different projects in Kent. Can you just tell me yeah. about some of those and, and what they are all about? Yeah, sure. Um, so in fact, just yesterday we had um, a panel meeting and one of the grants that was agreed was for Age UK in Medway. Um, we awarded them £5,000 to buy a special um, multimedia resource for people with dementia. So it's a special piece of kit, essentially, which has um, music and sounds and lights and images. And it's um, it's really effective in um, kind of 
reinvigorating actually people with advanced dementia it stimulates them and um kind of um enhances their 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 life for the for the the period of time that they're they're using this piece of equipment so that was just yesterday um i mean we have throughout the year we're awarding grants to organizations that are working with people with with dementia Um, we have an elderly and isolated um themed fund which focuses on that particularly um so another organization we've funded is uh funder films which is a community interest company working out of canterbury and they ran a beautiful project actually it was called a few words about me it was all uh, all around poetry and the written word and it brought together um groups of people with dementia and also their carers um and encouraged them to to write poetry um different standards of poetry obviously but it was quite a a moving experience for for everyone involved and then they produced this lovely film of people reading the poetry um so yeah that's the kind of thing that's the kind of work that we we, we're lucky enough to to support do you have some sort of things that you sort of recognize the, the types of projects and what are the sort of ultimately the aims behind these different projects the aim of of all of our funding really is to is to address disadvantage for um people living in, in Kent and Medway, so that's across a whole range of themes. But around dementia particularly, it's around bringing people together, it's around um, in, improving the, the, the quality of life, sort of offering a, a bit of a creative outlet, because it can be quite lonely um, living with, with dementia. It's also um, about giving carers of people with dementia an opportunity to get together and to chat and to have a bit of respite, because it's really can be really really hard work looking after somebody with with dementia um so takes a toll on um on the carers as well and these projects usually kind of offer something to to both you know it's a it's a double it's a everybody kind of wins with these projects actually they're very really positive and finally today three lion cubs have been born at a kent animal park they're the first to be born at portlim near hythe in over 10 years you can see a video of one of the cubs being carried around by its mum in our story online that's it for now but for more news throughout the day you can head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast